What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Riding the Pine. It's your good friend, Jack Ridenauer, and I have an awesome show planned out for us today. But before I dive into today's episode, I want to briefly recap the last episode. And as always, it was another fun-filled show. I opened things up giving a little recap and analysis of the Chiefs-Texans football game that kicked off the 2020 NFL season back on Thursday, September 10th. After that, I went into a new topic I started, which was Wild Card Watchers, basically where I discussed the teams in the MLB that are on the outside of the playoff picture currently that could make a push for the final two wildcard spots, a really fun new segment that I will definitely use for other sports as well. And to wrap it all up, I had an awesome interview with a great special guest, current pitcher for the LSU Tigers, Trent Wittmeyer, as we discussed his time at LSU, how he's developed as a player since entering college, and much more. So go give that and all 46 episodes of RTP a listen out now on Apple and Spotify. Today, I want to dive into some hoops and discuss the latest updates on the NBA playoffs and what has been going on in the bubble recently, give a little bit of, you know, some playoff predictions as well. After a few minutes on that, I will be joined by a past guest who has been on the show quite a bit, Talking Hoops, Ashton Gibbs, the former Pitt standout and current director of player development for Duquesne. He and I have joined up on RTP many times in the past, but with our very busy schedules, have not been able to sit down and talk hoops in a while, so I figured it would be appropriate to have him back on to discuss basketball, what's it been like coaching during this pandemic, and much more. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'll guide us into today's episode, but before things get started, be sure to find your favorite spot on the bench, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Ride in the Pine, Jack Ridenauer again, and like I mentioned briefly, I want to just touch on some NBA stuff. That's all I want to do, and then I'm going to jump into this conversation with Ashton Gibbs because he and I had a nice back and forth talking hoops in the NBA, what it's been like coaching during this pandemic, so on and so forth. So right now, today, as of recording, Tuesday, September 15th, this is a big big day for both Clippers and Nuggets fans alike because their two teams are going at it in Game 7. This is the second straight year that the Nuggets have found themselves in a Game 7 situation with you know their playoff hopes really and, and the uh, their hopes of advancing on the line right now. And the Clippers, they've kind of backed themselves into a little bit of a corner recently. I mean, they were up 3-1 over the Nuggets or 2-1 at least. And then all of a sudden, Denver winning two or three straight, very similar to how they won the first series against the Jazz. Really, really big stuff from Denver. I mean, I love the way that Jamal Murray's been playing this entire playoffs. I think that Nikola Jokic has been playing very, very well. I think Gary Harris has been providing much needed uh, help and as well as just offense wherever it's needed. And really, and I'm going to mention this briefly when I talk to Ashton, but I genuinely believe that if Gary Harris Jr. and Jamal Murray both continue to develop the way that they are right now, and Gary Harris obviously needs to develop a little bit more as opposed to Jamal Murray because, I mean, Jamal Murray is leaps and bounds better than him right now. But with that being said, I think that if Harris continues to improve and develop the way that he has been the last few years and he continues on this upward trend and maybe takes a little bit of a big step forward... I could see Murray and Harris being, and this is going to sound crazy to some people, but I could see them being the best backcourt in the Western Conference. Better than Dame, better than McCollum. I could definitely see that because they're two very like-minded guards. They score the ball very well. And and although they are ball dominant, they have no problem distributing. And they have no problem. And the fact that Jokic is there for them to play off of and the fact that he's so versatile as a big man, I mean, it adds so much more to their offense and it makes it so much easier for both 
Murray and Harris to get their open shots because they know that they've got a big seven foot center who can oversee the entire defense and is a, and he's a great passer. He's got great vision for a big and he's able to see the entire floor and as a result opens things up because a lot of attention is down on him. The defense collapses. They just kick it out to Murray or Harris or whomever it is out on the perimeter and that's all she wrote. Now the Clippers, I think that they, I think that they, if, if they come out rolling the first maybe quarter or two, I could see them winning. I could totally see them winning because this Clippers team is very talented. Okay. There's no question about it. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, then you've got probably the best bench in the NBA. Lou Williams coming off the bench. You've got Montrose Harrell. You've got a lot of pieces that could be really, really good. It's just a matter of, you know, and for me, it's going to be, can Paul George show up? Is Paul George going to be, you know, you know, shy and kind of, you know, uh, fall by the wayside, if you will, in this game and not really be a, a kind of a dominant factor in the win or, or in the entire game at that? Is he going to be able to, you know, come to play when his team needs him the most. We all know Kawhi can do it, but is he going to get the help that he needs from Paul George? That's what I'm going to be looking for. So my prediction, I've got the Nuggets winning game seven. Again, when this comes out on Friday, I could be wrong. I could be right. Who knows? But I'm t- I'm calling it right now. I think the Nuggets will get the victory. Over in the East, I have to say, I could see the Heat winning game one. I think it's going to be you know at least six games. I could see that series maybe even going seven, um, but I could definitely see the Heat winning game one against the Celtics, but don't be shocked if Jason Tatum comes out ready, ready to roll and ready to play in the first opening quarter because he's very good and he's gotten so much better over the last just two years, year if that. I mean, he's so much fun to watch, you know, 6'10", 6'9", you know, one of these kind of swing forwards, if you will. I don't really know how to call him as a, as a p- position player anymore because basketball has become so positionless. You've got seven foot point guards and you've got, you know, guys like PJ Tucker who are, you know, predominantly playing down in the post and he's six foot five. So it's a very, uh, kind of backwards way of, of positioning for basketball players right now in this in this day and age of basketball. But still, having a six foot ten, you know, small forward, power forward, whatever you want to call him, able to stretch out the defense, you know, play along the perimeter, but also go down, get to the rack, get to the tin at will that's a really hard guard. No matter what way you look at it, that is a scouting report nightmare. And if I'm the heat, I'm re- I'm I'm bringing everything I've got defensively. I'm making sure we stop him early. I'm making sure we don't allow him to be a factor early on because again, that's going to set the tempo. And I, I really have to give my you know due credit to Goran Dragic because in the series before this, where they beat the Milwaukee Bucks, he played out of his mind. He was really I think a huge difference maker in their win and that series in all in the entire you know five games that it was. And I think that it's going to be and. You you know, oddly enough, I think Drogic and and Walker, they're going to be an interesting kind of battle to go back and forth because Kemba, much, much more of a quicker guard, getting all the way to the 10, getting to the basket, more scoring oriented as uh, as opposed to Goran Drogic, who's much more of, you know, kind of a, I don't want to say a complete point guard because Kemba is also a complete point guard. They're, they're both very similar in that sense. But Goran Drogic is not as scoring oriented, I think, as Kemba Walker is. Not saying he can't score. He can definitely score. But if I were to 
to measure up Drogic and Walker, who's more of a scoring guard, it's definitely Walker, no question about it. So it's going to be interesting. And Goran Drogic, he played really good defense in the semifinals. So is he going to be able to, you know, play lockdown defense on Walker? And again, that's another guy that they cannot allow to get going early on in Kemba Walker because he will set the tempo as well, just like Jason Tatum. So I've got the Heat in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, and I've got the Nuggets in game seven of the Western Conference Semifinals. So we'll see how those unfold when this comes out on Friday. I could be, again, way off, or I could have hit, you know, the nail on the head. Who knows? But again, it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to the NBA Finals, however that shakes out in the next couple weeks. But with that, folks, I want to now head on over into our conversation with Ashton Gibbs, a really good one. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the current Director of Player Development, Ashton Gibbs. And I'm here with Director of Player Development for the men's basketball team at Duquesne University, Ashton Gibbs. Ashton, my friend, really glad to have you back. How you been doing? Good. Doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a while since we last talked, but I know you and I are just very, very busy people. And I know you've probably been running all over the place with basketball. And speaking of basketball, how's coaching been? I mean, how's everything been with, you know, kind of a new normal, if you will? What are some things that you and the staff have had to get used to and had to adjust to so far with, with you know, all the different parameters and everything else? I mean, what's kind of been the everyday life right now for you guys and for the Duquesne men's basketball team? Uh, it's going well. Definitely a lot of restrictions. Um, so the guys, they have gloves on. Uh, so the coaches actually have gloves on, um, obviously have masks on, and we actually have to wash the ball off almost after every drill, um, definitely after every workout. So we have two different groups right now going, and um, with the guys are doing a great job, man. Everybody was anxious to come back and just really work out work on their game, get a lot stronger. Uh, we got a few freshmen that are going to be really good as well. So they're slowly evolving. and um, Everybody's just getting adjusted. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. I mean, how weird is it having to wear gloves all the time and having to wash the basketball? I mean, that's got to be such a such an annoying thing to do so often and so constant, really. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's, it's almost like having a training mask on. So you're, you're talking, talking through the mask and, you know, trying to, really coach up the guys but you got a little barrier on your face so it's, it's definitely tough to get used to but all in all man it's just good just to be around basketball again and be around the guys every day and um, be able to just help them learn about the game and try to get some wins Absolutely. Yeah. The most normal thing that you, you can possibly do right now, I would say for sure. Now, what's your outlook for this, for this college basketball season in general? I know a lot of talk has been circulating through the sports world about potential bubbles, kind of like how the NBA and NHL have been doing uh, with now, you know, college basketball, you know, creeping up very quickly. What is your take on what's going to happen for this upcoming college basketball season? To be honest, I, I hear something different every single day. So, you know, it, a lot of bubble situations, um, I'm sure, but in terms of a specific start date, you know, nobody really knows. Uh, um, so, but everybody's staying ready. So that's the that's the good part of this is, you know, you kind of get guys acclimated and really staying in the gym because it really knows the start date of uh, of the games and who exactly you're going to play and when. So 
Um, it's one of those times where you just kind of got to focus on yourself, control the things that you can control, and uh, go from there. Yeah, very well put. I mean, you, right now, like you said, everything is changing by the day, and we can never really keep up with it of what I've noticed. But again, good thing that you guys are back on the court, back to some sort of normalcy. Now, I want to move out of college basketball because we're right now in the midst of the NBA playoffs. And Ashton, I want to ask you, what has been some things that you've really liked so far in this NBA restart and with the playoffs? Who are some players or teams that you've really enjoyed watching? What are some of your thoughts that you've had so far in the last you know, three or four weeks? of the NBA season? I think you just see the purity of the game. You see how how skilled those guys are in general. Um, I, I guess the no fans and not as much you know, noise in the background really makes you focus on how big the guys are and then how skilled they are. I think it's a game of uh, makes and misses at the end of the day, the NBA, and you just see the tough shots that guys make um, consistently, um, I, I'm, I like the Clippers. I like the Lakers. That uh, I've been watching a lot of LeBron, uh, but I'm a big Kawhi fan as well. So uh, both of those guys are doing a tremendous job. It's going to be a, a big game tonight, big game seven uh, for the Clippers. So um, I, I uh, personally just enjoy the shot making and how tough you know how tough the shots are, and guys just shoot and make shots at a consistent pace uh, with contested hands in front of their face so that to me how strong they are and then the skill level of the NBA is standing out for sure absolutely uh, a really big game tonight huge game who do you have I'm guessing you're picking the Clippers in this one so I think the Clippers is the most talented team uh, Mike Malone actually went to my high school so I gotta go home team and uh, go with the Nuggets for the night <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I like that. I like that. Hey, I'm in agreement. I love the Nuggets. Uh, they've quickly become, you know, my, uh, you know, I mean, I'm obviously a huge Milwaukee Bucks fan, but they've become, my, you know, my kind of next favorite team to watch. I, mean, I love the way that Jamal Murray plays with Jokic. I love how they both kind of play off of each other. And I've said this many times, if Gary Harris starts averaging 20 a game, I think we're going to have to tell Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum to move aside because there's a new best backcourt in the West with Murray and Harris if that were to happen again Gary Harris needs to develop a little bit more but I love the way Jamal Murray's been playing what are some things that you've noticed about his game that you really like and that you think could really propel him to be one of the top players in this league overall uh his shot making ability I think he's and he's doing a better job of just facilitating in general creating for others and I think that was his knock uh coming out of Kentucky was what is he really a point guard um and now you see that he's able to create for others he obviously can create his own shot at a high level um he's catching and shooting the ball at a high clip as well so you see him just facilitating and that's what the playoffs is about the superstars being superstars uh when those bright lights are on and i think he's he's definitely uh turned it up a notch in these playoffs and, I, I mean, he's bursting onto the scene as a complete superstar in this league, and the best is yet to come for him. Absolutely. I think next year is going to be a really, really fun NBA season to watch. But speaking of the next NBA season, there's a lot of guys that are going to be free agents either after this year or after the following year. And they've got a lot of decisions to make. One of them being, and he's on my favorite team, and it's going to really pain me to say this, but Giannis Attenenacumpo, he's going to be a free agent in, I believe it's 2021. And he has the option to either, you know, obviously sign for the max, or he can opt out of that after 2021 and decide to 
go elsewhere. What is your take on what he should do? Do you think that he should stick around in Milwaukee? I mean, what are some things that you think that they might need to add or do to try and convince him to stick around in Milwaukee and try to continue to build this championship kind of caliber team, if you will? Um, well, I'm a Knicks fan, so he's more than welcome to join uh, join our team uh, anytime he wants. <laughs> so just in general, I would love him in New York, but uh, in terms of his personal growth, I would say I would say Stan. I'm always um, loyal to the team um, that drafted you. Um, obviously, his brother's on the team as well right now, so I I kind of would stay put and kind of try to get another superstar in there um, to come with them, similar to how Kawhi and Paul George are together. So um, I'm not sure exactly who are the other free agents with him, but I think that would be his biggest bet because he's already, you know, he has a home. He's been there for years. Um, If he gets another guy, big-time player, that can join them, uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit for them. Um, and, And they're so close. They're right there. I just think they're missing that second superstar that could really compliment them. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I I think that you said that very well. That second superstar, everybody thinks it's it's Middleton, and I personally don't think it's that. I think Middleton is a very good basketball player. Do I think that he should be the second best team on the best NBA record team? No, not at all. He should not be the second best player. He should be you know a nice third option. Um, I mean, what do you think they need to go out and and add? What kind of player? What kind of you know style of play do they need to switch to? I mean, I've seen a lot of things about maybe having Chris. Paul come to Milwaukee. I personally think that they need to work on the point guard position because everybody that is listening to this knows that I am not a fan of Eric Bledsoe. So I want to hear from you, Ashton. What do you, you know, what player do you want to see in a Milwaukee Bucks jersey in a year from now? So I'm actually a huge Chris Paul fan, and that, that's actually the player that I think complements him the best. Um, and not only on the court, but off as well in terms of just carrying yourself the right way. I think he's such a veteran and such a such a leader. And you see how he's turned around OKC in general um, in such a quick, you know, quick amount of time. I think Chris Paul is something, uh, is somebody to say um, that can really help him. Uh, just having that veteran leadership. So it takes a lot of the pressure off of Giannis because that's who naturally Paul is. He so um, he'll bring Giannis with him on the days he doesn't have it. So uh, you want to have that veteran leadership, guys that have been in those big and bright moments. Um, so I think Chris Paul is the one for sure. Yeah, I think he would. First off, he would be, probably do an, a phenomenal job, and he'd look great in a Milwaukee Bucks jersey. You know, why not have him come to Milwaukee? I think it'd be a nice fit, and I think that they could genuinely win an NBA championship. I really do. I'm putting all bias aside. But I want to hear from you now about the Eastern Conference Final matchup between the team that beat the Bucks, the Miami Heat, and the Boston Celtics. Who do you like in that one? I mean, those are two very evenly matched up teams. I think I think they match up very well with each other. I also love Jason Tatum. I think he does a phenomenal job, and I. I'm not even a Celtic. I don't like the Celtics at all, but I think Jason Tatum is a player that we're going to hear about much more in the future. But Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's rallied the troops in Miami. What do you think is going to unfold in that series? I think this is going to be a matchup of the superstars as well. The Jimmy Butlers, and then you got the Jason Tatums. I, I like Jalen Brown being the, the separator, honestly, and I think he can do it on both ends of the court. 
Um, he's a lockdown defender, but he can make shots. Now he was a little, um, he's a little streaky at times in the last series, but at the same time, like this guy can put up 30 and then lock down your best, uh, offensive guy too on the other end. So, um, I think Jalen Brown ultimately is a, is a separator in this, uh, in this series, but overall Miami, you look at their identity, they're strong, they rebound, um, tough, gritty guys. So they're going to make it tough on the Celtics. Um, the Celtics are definitely going to have to uh, make shots. They're going to have to make open shots. And Kemba's going to have to do a lot of creating. And then it's it's up to those guys, to Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, to be the superstars they are. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Kemba's definitely going to have, you know, a, a big a big weight on his shoulder in this series. He's going to really have to do a nice job because Goran Dragic did an unbelievable job in the series before that. And they've got a lot of really good guards on Miami. And I think that, you know, Bam is going to have a big, big part in this series. I think it's going to be very interesting to see who on Boston matches up with Bam and if, if they are able to shut him down because he was virtually unstoppable in the semifinals matchup. Um, but it's going to be really fun. Now I want to hear, I want your finals prediction, and then I want you to tell me who's going to win it all. So who's going to go to the finals and then, and then the, the, the uh, eventual NBA champion. So uh, I have the Celtics and Lakers and I have the Celtics winning, winning it all this year, actually. Wow. That's that. Exactly. Wow. I've you got, and I say that is I, I love Brad Stevens as a coach. Um, I love his in-game adjustments. Um, and I just like, you know, the Celtics in general. And plus, Brad Wanamaker is a former teammate, so maybe I'm a little biased, but I think Boston takes it. <laughs> hey, hey, Brad's been doing a great job. I think Brad Wanamaker has been a, a big time difference maker for them. I mean, again, he's not obviously, you know, doing what Jalen Brown is doing, but he's filling in a void that I think that they would normally be missing if he wasn't on the yep. team. I think he's done a really nice job, has had a little bit of a career resurgence in Boston. So very interesting. You picked the Celtics and Lakers. I'd probably have to go. I don't know who I'd go. I mean, I personally want to see the Nuggets win and go to the the uh, the, the Western Conference Finals, but I would love to see, you know, maybe a Heat-Nuggets Finals. I mean, I can't believe I'm picking the Heat because they beat my team, but it's either I pick the Heat who beat my team or I pick the Celtics who are probably one of my least favorite teams. So I'd probably go Heat-Nuggets. I think that, you know, that would be a really fun matchup, you know, having Jimmy Butler, Jamal Murray, you know, Nikola Jokic, and then uh, Bam Adebayo. I think that would be a very fun kind of East-West battle, um, but we'll We'll have to see. We'll definitely have to see. Ashton, I know you got to get going. I'll let you run, but I'll leave you with this. I want a little prediction for the Duquesne men's basketball team, where you guys are going to fall in the standings this year, and maybe a little, you know, a little outlook for this upcoming season. Uh, so I think we honestly can, can win the league. Uh, and I really believe that, um, it's going to come down to our leaders. Um, we have a lot of veteran guys, guys that have been in those big moments, um, so those big games that we have, especially in conference, are going to be huge for them. Uh, but they're doing a great job of really taking our freshmen, our younger guys, under their wing and really leading every day in practice. Um, so I got no reason to believe that we can be the best ten, best team in the A-10 and definitely make an NCAA tournament run. Um, I truly believe that. And I, the reason I say that is just our veteran leadership is really good. Um, our head coach is a big time coach. Um, one of the best. I think he's underrated, honestly. And um, it's going to be an interesting year, man. I think it's going to be a great year for Duquesne basketball. 
Hey, I love the confidence. I I see a lot of great things ahead for you guys as well. Ashton, I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast today. I look forward to talking to you very soon. And, you know, we definitely need to get back together and and continue to uh, talk some hoops as we move into college basketball, because I know there's going to be a lot of fun things going on this upcoming season. But until then, Ashton, you have a fantastic rest of your week, and I will talk to you very soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, man. And there he goes, Ashton Gibbs, current director of player development at Duquesne University. Always a pleasure having Ashton join the show and give his expertise on the latest and greatest news in the basketball world. Thanks everyone for joining me here on the bench. Yet again, another incredible episode today. Be sure to follow and subscribe to Ride in the Pine on Apple and Spotify, and keep following on Twitter at Ride the Pine Twenty RTP all capital, and Instagram at riding underscore the underscore pine underscore for all the latest updates on episodes and content to come. All 47 episodes are out now. Really look forward to bringing you all some really great guests in these next few episodes. So keep an eye out for who will be joining me on the bench here very, very soon. Once again, everyone, thanks so much for joining me today. And until next time on Riding the Pine, keep on sitting the bench with me.